0: That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com.
2: This message comes from BOF Sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.
0: You know that's the sound of another sale on your online Shopify store. But did you know Shopify powers selling in person too? That's right. Shopify is the sound of selling everywhere. Online, in-store, on social media and beyond. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/bof. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/bof to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com/bof. This episode
2: is brought to you by Worldpay from FIS. Did you know that omnichannel shoppers spend up to three times more than single-channel shoppers? With WorldPay's Omnichannel platform, you can turn single transactions into smarter, connected customer experiences. So while you set the style trend, we can help maximize your Omnichannel payment spend. Let's reinvent smarter. Visit fisglobal.com.
1: You can express a level of empathy at the beginning of a conversation. And how are you? And ask the question in a way that encourages and suggests a willingness to really hear how they are and not be judgmental of it.
3: What have you learned in the work that you're doing around mental health about how social media has, you know, played a role in this growing pandemic?
1: When you're forced to look in the mirror all the time and you allow yourself to be subject to the feedback and opinions of people that you know and you don't know and you respect and some you don't, you never are going to come through this thing in a healthy way.
3: Hi, this is Imran Ahmed, founder and CEO of The Business of Fashion, and welcome to the BOF podcast. Recently on an episode of BOF Live, I sat down with Kenneth Cole, the very successful shoe designer who turned his brand into a major global phenomenon. More recently, Kenneth has turned his focus and energy towards the issue of mental health, which he thinks should be considered the other great pandemic in the complicated times that we're all living through right now. In this conversation, Kenneth talks to me a little bit about his views on mental health and what we in the fashion industry might do to foster a more healthy, safe environment for our teams and also remove the stigma associated with mental health. Here's Kenneth Cole, Inside Fashion. Today, I'm thrilled to have Kenneth Cole, who's joining us, to have an important conversation about a topic that Kenneth has a really passionate perspective on uh, we managed to speak a few weeks ago and uh, I'm, I'm delighted to have you here today and Kenneth I, I wanted to ask, start by asking the question how are you really doing today
1: so uh, I guess we're going to speak about that but' I'm, I'm okay and uh, uh, but what Imram made reference to is probably the single most asked question every day of the every day of the week every everywhere in the world and the one most rarely answered um but in this time of covid um you know we're doing a lot more reflecting and uh looking inside and out and uh and trying to come to terms with all of that so i guess that's what we're going to speak about today
3: exactly well um yeah, I wanted to start with this idea you know it's in the title of today's talk which is you know mental health as the other pandemic i mean we've all been really focused of course on this deadly virus that's you know still spreading all around the world um but perhaps a less discussed and equally important topic is a mental health uh pandemic and you know one could argue that actually you know, this is something that predates COVID, but the current situation has really kind of amplified the importance of this discussion. So, why don't we start there? Talk to us a little bit about your perspectives on why we should be treating this as the other pandemic, as it were.
1: So, I I don't know if people know my 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 resume, my experience, but I, I worked, I lived in the world of HIV for thirty years, and. Um, I my campaign about HIV, about AIDS in 1985. And um, no one was talking about it. It was on everybody's minds. It was on few people's lips because of the of stigma and the devastation of stigma. And if you were presumed to be part of this at-risk community, you were stigmatized in every regard in, in, in your lives. And I, I did that. I joined the board of Amfar. I was the chairman of Amfar for 14 years. Um, I stepped away from that about a year and a half ago. Um, and it, it became apparent to me that there was this other public health crisis that was so much bigger in so many ways that I it was oblivious to in, in, um, in the ordinary course. And one in 200 people today still live with HIV, but it became clear that one in four live, live with mental health conditions. And that, I argue, is not one in four, it's four in four, because if it isn't you, it's someone you love, it's somebody, in, if not in your family, in the community or in the workplace, but we're all living with mental health conditions and and we're all struggling with it in different ways and how do you you know what how do you deal with it um, the, the humanity of it and also the practical aspects of it so um, uh, so that was you know that was pre-covid and that was the the the, the uh, so I set out down this road and I said and I was asked by some friends at NAMI if I would consider working on a destigmatization initiative um, for mental health and Uh, And it seemed like a lot of people were focusing on this. I knew little about it. I had hardly the credentials. I'm not a clinician. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a mental health person. I'm not a public health person. But I'm a branding person. I'm a a perspective person. I mean, that's a perception person. That's what we do in fashions. We do in our business. And that's what I did with HIV for a a lot of years. And, um, And I figured I'll do it. But only if I could really build a coalition because you can't, you need to, this needs to be a cultural shift This can't just be, you know, put out there a kind of a new narrative, a new vocabulary, a new way to talk about mental health that wasn't debilitating, but in fact, um, um, empowering. I asked five psychiatrists for a definition of depression. I got five different answers and none of them were empowering. So nobody's going to own it. No one's going to discuss their circumstances that way. But meanwhile, it's so pervasive, and it is so debilitating. And a million people—you uh, know, two hundred thousand people—have died in the U.S. from um, from COVID as of now. About and it's and it's getting larger. Um, a million people are going to die from suicide this year, uh, and this is not something that we even realize how 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 pervasive. These concerns are, and and the reality is, is that two thirds of the people with mental health conditions live and exist so in the shadows, and they're not comfortable addressing it, and they don't know how to address it. So, in any case, we build this coalition, everybody, and we systematically. Nami says we're in, and then we went to the um, uh, we went to the uh, uh, suicide prevention line, and then and, and, and the crisis text line, and mental health America, and and uh, um, Child Mind and Jed Foundation went to the 25 largest mental health uh, organizations in the country. They all said we're all in, we'll support it, we'll bring resources to it, we'll empower it to the degree we're able and and uh, and you're able. So we set out down this road and then um, along comes uh, COVID and everything's turned upside down and we realized that we need to accelerate this thing. And um, And by the way, the one thing that, so everybody now gets it. Mental health is more debilitating than COVID in in many ways. COVID is is profoundly impacting us all in so many ways, but it not it's not going to be as lasting as as the impact of it and and all the ramifications of it. The uncertainty that everybody's living with today is overwhelming. And we don't know, nobody knows what they're doing, what, they, what life looks like on the other side of this. So the practical aspects of it are overwhelming. But the other thing that people don't talk about with mental health is the business case for it, which I'm, I try to make because the reason resources don't come to this is because it's not um, made adequately clear how in fact this impacts not just a qualifiably, but quantifiably. And it is the single largest cause, of uh, loss of productivity in the workplace. I think I'm actually, I'm, I'm looking at some statistics I just written down before, 264 million, $264 million people suffer from depression, um, which is leading the cause of de- disability and depression and anxiety together cost the global economy a trillion dollars. And the productivity loss, losses, um, are so much higher, they're the highest cost to most organizations. And employers, uh, employees with who self-diagnose have lose 27 lost work days in the calendar year. And they also will acknowledge that 25% less productive even when they're at work um, because of this overwhelming condition. And at the same time, less statistic, then I'm gonna put this piece of paper away: 80% of employees. Um, when treated, um, report improved, significantly improved levels of work efficiency and satisfaction. So, you know what the problem is, and it's so debilitating to our economy um, and to the work environment, and and it is so, um, and the humanity of it is so overwhelming. Knowing it impacts so many people in our lives, so many people that we love and that we're so close to, and some we know about, and some we don't. Um, and this is going to go on. This, is, this, is, this gets exacerbated by COVID. There was a study done after SARS, after um, the quarantining from SARS in Asia, and which is not anywhere as, as intensive and expansive um, as this is. And a third of those people who came through um, um, self-isolation and quarantining um, it acknowledged um, degrees and symptoms of PTSD and another third of depression. This is so much longer and so much more pervasive. So I don't think any of us have the ability to get our arms around the impact this is going to have.
3: Um, let, let me let's start with the basics, right? So there's there's a general lack of understanding about mental health as a as a medical condition or disease. Um, but how when when you're talking about it, and clearly, I, I know I appreciate you're not an expert, but it's it's a space that you've really immersed yourself in. Like if you're talking to someone who maybe hasn't really fully grasped all of the the immensity of what you've just walked us through, you know how do you how do you talk about mental health in the most basic way? you know how how do you have that discussion in a kind of starting with the most kind of elementary understanding of it? so to to get people on the journey, of understanding, you know, the kind of huge impact it's having on our, on our society.
1: I think we, you know, we tend to be judgmental and we tend to, um, uh, characterize people and, um, and prejudge people. And I think it's, and it's hard to not do that. And, um, and, and, and it's something that that we need to do we, we launched an initiative which you were referring to a, a few minutes ago on, and, and which we accelerated in light of COVID on may 15th um called how are you really um how are you really challenged and we challenge people to go on their social media platform and be vulnerable and tell people how you how you are and and uh, allow yourself to to go to some place where you know maybe you haven't been And there's there's all this great science that speaks to the powerful impact that it has, not just on the storyteller, but also those that engage with it. And then create this platform, which actually was built, created by my daughter, um, called HowAreYouRelate.org. And so people, you can log on, you can um, put yourself out there and you can be vulnerable, you can be empathetic or anywhere in between. But to the degree you put yourself out there and the people can engage with your story, with your content. And um they can encourage you, they can support you, and uh, and then you feel empowered. It's 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 extraordinary how um just allowing yourself to um to be who you are and 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 uh how how much impact that alone will have um and can have. So I think you know uh there's you know social media lights up arguably it's a big cause of the problem, and I think social media realizes they need to also be part of the solution. And we're having a lot of conversations with uh with people at facebook and, and instagram now
3: yeah so but but how do you have the can i what I'm trying to understand is like when you're when you're describing mental health to someone who's not engaging with it, you know what is it that one can say to them um or you know what are the um the words or language you use to describe what mental health really is
1: so you can express a level of empathy at the beginning of a conversation and how are you and, and express it ask the question in a way that encourages and um suggests a willingness to really hear how they are and and not be judge, judgmental of it if you go to our website mentalhealthcoalition.org there is a um we have a uh a uh a narrative there's a vocabulary that you can look to on ways to talk about. Um, about this, how to have this conversation specifically to your um, as per your point and um and there's also a resource library of of resources that are available from the universe of our partners um, across the country uh, what you can default to and what you can reach out to but I think I, I mean i, I don't I, I'm reluctant to 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 support to have to tell you specifically how to do this, but I think you if you just put yourself out there as you know as a, as a clinician might and ask questions and be supportive and be non-judgmental um, and listen it's 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 amazing um, how people will um, respond mm-hmm.
2: With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.
3: Yeah, one of the things you alluded to earlier was that sometimes people don't even know they have a mental health condition, or they don't know, you don't, we don't know that someone else might have a mental health condition. Um, And there's a stigma. Around talking about mental health, which is kind of similar. You were talking earlier about AIDS. And I remember in the 1980s and, and 90s, there was such a stigma around you know, that disease as well. What, what did you learn from your experience in, in HIV and AIDS around destigmatizing these kinds of um, health conditions that people don't really want to, to talk about or don't feel comfortable talking about?
1: Well, you just, you, in the more, you know, our first campaign that we ran in 1985 spoke about the fact that nobody was speaking about it. And, um, and just putting yourself out there and, and in and welcoming engagement um, goes, goes a long way. And uh, um, it, it was different about HIV is that it, there was specific populations that were stigmatized early on. It was essentially, it was intravenous drug users. It was gay men and largely, and it was a, uh, um and it was haitians uh, so but you know covid affects it mental health affects everybody as i often say you know big and tall old and young black and white um and uh and uh jewish muslim and uh christian and and more importantly um democrats and republicans so um and it grows across the aisle. Everybody's impacted by it. And um, so in some ways, maybe it's harder to identify, it, but I think you just have to assume everybody is, 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 is overwhelmed by it today. And and nobody said no to us, which is indicative of that, because HIV was we were selling ourselves all the time. And um, we always had to make the case why you, this is something you needed to support and um, and uh be you know empathetic and and uh um responsive to and and respectful of. but um but but mental health it just isn't that way i mean everybody gets it everybody everybody understands it everybody has somebody in their life that's this is struggling I've, I've, mm-hmm. I've never seen anything like this before
3: yeah i mean we all you know so there's been a question that's been put in the the q and a that i think is an interesting one you know, because we're pushing for a concise definition of what mental health is. And Jim Noakowski is asking, you know, so mental health is the mind. Like, what is a healthy mind? It's characteristics. Everyone gets depressed once in a while. We all have our ups and downs. But what's the difference between kind of healthy mental health and unhealthy mental health?
1: What we say is that everybody has mental health. And we all have different degrees and we have ups and we have downs and we have periods where we're feeling, you know, more in control than others and more confident and, and, than others. Everybody has physical health and, that, that, that they need to address and their mental health they need to address. And unless you have both in, in in a good place, you're not healthy. And, um, so, uh, and, and, and there are, there are, there's a whole universe of, of, of people out there that do this on our, that we have certain partners that have um, mechanisms and and where you can help self-diagnose and uh, uh to try to understand you know from a maybe a cl- clinical point of view where you are at a at a given point in time but but there are real resources to help to help you and to help people um cope and to help people um deal with what they're dealing with and um you know and come through this. Uh, in a way that uh it, that is empowering. So uh but part of it is I I do believe is putting yourself out there and not and not you know lurking in the shadows because this doesn't work.
3: Yeah. You know you were talking about mental health and its impact, its economic impact, you know, and I'm I'm really interested in those data that you were citing earlier. You know, there's been a conversation. In our own industry, the fashion industry about mental health as well over the last few years. And, you know, people have said that our industry, you know, operates at an unsustainable pace, not not in terms of the environment and the planet, which I think we also know, but also in terms of the impact on people that work in this industry, whether you're, you know, a factory worker, you know, turning out, you know, clothes and having to meet certain targets or you're a creative director having to, you know, amp up the speed and volume of the collections that you're, you're putting out, or, you know, as an, as an editor who who used to have to go to fashion week and spend three months of the year running around, you know, in what is a like highly charged um, industry, you know, what, what, you know, as someone who's, you know, got an accomplished career in the fashion industry. I mean, do you see fashion as having its own specific, challenges as an industry that it needs to combat with with regard to health and mental health
1: i think fashion probably more than most has is going is is dealing with this thing head on right now and i think fashion fashion industry is a perception industry and we're all how we are perceived often is how we see ourselves and it's looking in the mirror and um do they my review is good um do, how many likes that i have on this post or how many um, uh, compliments that I get from this editor, as supposed to that is we define ourselves so often by um, these external forces that we can't control, and to the degree you allow them um, to take hold, then you become a victim of that. And yeah, uh, you know, I often say fashion is what I do; it's not who I am. And uh, but if you allow fashion to um, to, to define you, you're gonna um, you're gonna you're gonna struggle. And because the reality also is, it, and also by definition, it, you, no, no one's going to love everything. And what's fashion to you is not to somebody else. what's fashion today may not be tomorrow. So, it's you, it's, you can't live your life that way, and that is not sustainable. Um, to your point, and it's it's it, you know when you guys run around the world to fashion shows, Fashion Week in Paris, in New York, and in Milan, and and in London, you know that made sense when before social media, when you didn't have immediate access to everything from wherever you are. I think we've learned a ton, by the way, during COVID <laughs> about global accessibility, that you don't really have to go very far to have access um, to all this it, it, inspirational content and, and, uh, and, and meaningful ways of, of guiding you know, what you do in the ordinary course.
3: Yeah, the, the other thing you mentioned earlier that I wanna unpack a bit is the role of social media. You know, a lot of people this week are talking about that new Netflix documentary, The Social Dilemma. I don't know if you've seen it, but, you know, there's more and more research that suggests that the relationship that all of us have in terms of looking for validation or projecting a certain self image or watching what other people are doing on social media and somehow letting that make us feel, you know, somehow inferior or less adequate you know, what have you learned in the work that you're doing around mental health about how social media has, you know, played a role in this growing pandemic?
1: You know, look, it, it's played a, a, a big role. I mean, you know, when you're forced to look in the mirror uh, constantly, um, all the time, and you allow yourself to be um, subject to, to, to the feedback and opinions of, Of people that you know and you don't know and you respect, and some you don't, um, you never are going to come through this thing in a healthy way. But unfortunately, that also our industry embraces it, encourages it, and rewards it. So, and the more likes you have and the bigger audience you have, um, the more access you will often have. And you get rewarded for that. You know, and, and everybody's trying to process this and figure it. And I think this is not, this is intuitive. I think people understand that, but you know, these solutions are not easy to come by. We did a couple of campaigns over the years. We did one, everybody's life is better than yours. And um, you know, as we introduced our our campaign, our our uh our new collection. And it's only become more so. So, and for young children who don't have the the the, the foundation to, to process it, to deal with it, um, it's even harder still. Yeah.
3: There are things that we can do as business leaders to address these topics in our own company, right? In our own companies, in our own industry. Uh, it's something, you know, we have a whole mental health network at, at Bof, and, you know, we've been able to, you know, set up some training and awareness and learning opportunities for members of our team that are interested in learning about it. You know what? What do you think is the role of leaders in companies um, in terms of helping to destigmatize mental health? In terms of um, making those conversations open, so that if someone is struggling, they don't feel, you know, afraid or stigmatized to talk about it in the workplace.
1: You know, there are best practices, and we have some of them also on the website. And um, you know, we. Uh, we worked with Nami originally when I started this journey, and um, uh, and, and we incorporated init- certain initiatives that have I think been embraced by everybody. And uh, we have mental health days where people can take time off, and um, uh, and but and you create a, an environment where people can talk about, you know, what, their their issues. They don't have to. Uh, it's not to gate my homework. Um, sort of thing, so, but I think there are best practices out there. Of what other companies are doing because everybody's dealing with this thing. There is nobody that's uh, you know that's uh, that's removed and that's gonna get out of this uh, unscathed we, it's part of all, we all have to address this at some level.
3: I just wanted to 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 kind of conclude my own questions by you know talking a little bit more about the mental health coalition. So if people are interested. In kind of availing themselves of the resources that you're compiling with all of these organizations, you know, where you know where are you focusing your advice and energy, and how 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 can we kind of uh, learn
1: from it? So we have the mentalhealthcoalition.org. You can go there. There's a resource library. You can see the universe of our partners, and they all have extraordinary resources. And and what and what there is so much great work that's being done, and there's great science that's being done and and i do think that if you can aggregate all this great work and i do believe one plus one equals a lot more than two and we can bring all these great um efforts together shine a light on it and uh and ultimately bring resources to it and eventually mary needs the resources so that this is what the universe of what exists this is the needs are pervasive and this is what they are and ultimately connect the dots which is our ultimate objective here and um you know, it's an extraordinary opportunity to make a meaningful impact in 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 uh, in so many people's lives, and it's a a gift that 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 I've been been given to play the role that I play. And um, so, you go to mentalhealth.org. You can see a lot with this. You know, you can engage with some of the social media. That's going to get get better. And then there's also Um and you can engage, you can engage. You can. Put yourself out there. That's it's I did it, and I have never done it before. And I, understanding what was my voice in the mental health space, I didn't think I didn't. I needed to find one, and I didn't realize how, how in fact real it was, and how, um, how enabling it was, and how um, meaningful it was. And I and I spent some time thinking about how, what is going on in my life, and how I've been overwhelmed by COVID. And um, and all the demands that I have on my life every day by so many people in my life, and ha- how do I deal with that? And and how do I show up for everybody? Um, do I have the right not to show up for everybody? And um, and we all deal with this at different levels, and it's you know it's it's uh, it's hard. So, um, but just you know having a conversation is a is a big first step.
3: Um, Kenneth, we're we're almost out of time. Do you have any? concluding thoughts or comments that you wanted to make?
1: Well, I think that um, I, I thank you for, for for what you do. I think um, having this platform is is also speaks to how the world is changing and how, you know, the world has gotten very small. And, yeah. you know, it's not about building wall building bridges today, because there are there are no physical bridges are, are, are meaningless. And I think everything comes together. And I think resources could be leveraged everywhere. And um, and I think what you're doing here and putting forth a point of view and, and, and uh, bringing meaningful resources to this broad audience is uh is, is, uh is so important so it's profound in certain ways and uh, and I'm sure it's appreciated by so many and, and it is reflective of, of this new world i mean everybody we're all reimagining reinterpreting recontemplating you know what what where are we going as uh as in our conversation a few minutes ago um, with that, that woman from Texas. So, uh, and I do think this is a part of where we're going.
3: Yeah, and and I'm really grateful uh, for your time today and for sharing some of your perspectives with us. I know you're not a mental health clinician or expert, but it was just good to, to hear from someone who spent more time talking to people in the space. And I think given the global audience um, that's, you know, joined us today. It's clearly a global issue, just as, as you pointed out at the beginning. This, this is a, an issue that merits more open discussion. So hopefully this won't be the last time. Um, but thank you for joining us, Kenneth. And thanks to all of you from all around the world joining us on BOF Live. If you'd like to get um, more information on future events, you can visit businessoffashion.com/events.
1: Also, by the way, if anybody has certain questions and I am happy to engage with you further, you can go into my personal social media. I'm Kenneth Corio or the brand, but Kenneth Corio, and either Instagram or Twitter, and I'm happy to engage with you further if that is helpful to anybody.
3: That's a very kind and generous offer. I wish you Thank all you, the man. best, Kenneth. Hopefully, we'll meet in person someday. But until then,
1: I look forward to that. Uh,
3: All right. Take care. If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe, give us a rating, and you might be interested in joining the Business of Fashion's global membership community, BOF Professional. Our members receive exclusive deep dive analysis, regular email briefings, as well as unlimited access to our archive of over 10,000 articles, our new iPhone app and all of the online courses and learning materials from BOF Education.
4: Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? For me, I got a chef grade range recently, and now I'm cooking new things every single night. Seriously, no cuisine is off limits. The point is, when we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. I can picture myself with a car full of groceries, cruising down the highway, soaking up the sun with the available dynamic sky panorama glass roof. Ah, pure bliss. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.